You're listening to The Humaning Podcast with real conversations as we call bullshit on everything capitalism, the patriarchy, and white supremacy culture has duped us into believing about self-care, mental health, fitness, wellness, and all things life. I am Steph Galante, and I created this show to support badass people doing solidarity work in pursuit of disrupting these systems in their lives and communities. Together, we'll discuss how systems of oppression are keeping us unwell and disconnected from ourselves and each other, and how to best support you in creating more aligned self-care practices that will help you human more easily. It's the shit we need to talk about. Hello friends, welcome back to those of you who listened to the first episode and decided to return for more time with me. I'm so grateful. And to those of you who are new, a special welcome to you. In the last episode, we talked about navigating the last days of December without completely losing yourself. Winter and how society views it versus what's really going on. Winter self-care practices for general support. And winter energy and its effect on mental health. Why it can be so hard. It's probably not what you think. And how self-care can support you when society doesn't. And if you haven't checked out that first episode, pause here, go listen, and then come back to this one. Or listen to this one and then go back to the first episode. I mean, listening to the first one isn't a prerequisite or anything <laughs> for today's episode, but it's. I will be referencing some of the information to that episode so you can feel free to pause at any time. But by, by all means, do not feel pressured to do anything that you don't want to do or have time to do. So today we're taking last week's conversation a little bit further. And the shit we need to talk about today is reflecting on 2022 with admiration because fuck judgment, really. Number two, why resolutions are setting us up for failure and heartache. And the case for being intentional with our self-care practices and deeply connected to ourselves and our needs and desires in 2023 to support ourselves in a meaningful and sustainable way, mentally, emotionally, physically, and energetically. All of this to help us navigate this last week of December, which I'm understanding some people are calling the twilight zone, <laughs> a little easier and keep some of this energy going with us as we begin 2023. So my dears, let's go ahead and jump in. Here we are. <clears throat> it is the last week of December, which here in the U.S. is historically a time for slowing down, for reflecting, for getting clear also on New Year's resolutions. Some of this you might be feeling is a little loaded, and I get that. Uh, over the weekend, I saw my niece and nephew, and they referred to this week as the Twilight Zone. And when I asked them to describe what they meant, they called it the period of nothingness, where you're not really sure what you should be doing. And I thought that was such a great description, right? Because it's the one week of the year that society's messaging, quote unquote, mostly lines up with nature's call and winter's invitation to ground and turn inward. As my niece and nephew said, people almost don't even know what to do with themselves. So they either do all the things or nothing, you know, in terms of what they think they should be doing. And honestly, neither seems to be working for us, right? Because some people are fortunate to have a slower pace at work or paid days off this week. If you're a caregiver for kids, uh, there's no school practices or games this week, mostly, I think, which is a blessing because you don't have to run around and it can also be a curse. Let's be real because kids are weird humans and they can be really tough sometimes. As a matter of fact, this morning, <laughs> this day that I'm recording this, my kids have been tough. Um, 
you know, for many, this is the one week where it's culturally acceptable not to check your email often or at all if you're so brave to do that. You know, people find themselves indulging, quote unquote, right? Sleeping in, eating treats, lounging around, binging movies and TVs, TV shows. I mean, the list really goes on. And also, right, what I said last week, you know, this often is for many people a very difficult time too. So there's a lot happening. And what further complicates everything is that as we get closer this week to New Year's Eve, the process of reflecting on the year begins. Maybe for you, it started a few weeks ago. Telling the things that you did do and oftentimes focusing on the things you didn't do. I can't claim to know what the process is like for you. But for me, as much as I love to celebrate all the things I achieved and enjoyed, my usual tendency is to focus on the things I felt short on, the mistakes I made, the things that I just didn't do at all. For some reason, well, I mean, there are a lot of reasons, honestly. We often glaze over the things we accomplished or the fun experiences we had because the tough stuff kind of has a way of sticking out in our minds. A few years ago, I started compiling a celebrations list by month at the end of the year. So I would go all the way back from January and work my way through the year. Um, That included all things big and small, And that began to be a really sweet way to shift my focus at the end of the year and kind of end the year in more of a celebratory mood. I started to really highlight with a lot of energy and a lot of appreciation all the things I did, both like professionally, you know, like success wise, but even the ways I showed up in my personal life for myself, for my family, for my friends in, in I mean, really, I got down to the smallest of things, the smallest of things, friends. But I'm not going to lie, still, those ways I didn't show up were floating around in the back of my mind, judging me, making me really self-conscious. And so I was so grateful this year when I heard of a new practice that I'm so excited to add into my end of year ritual. And it's called a failures and lessons learned list. Hear me out. (laughs) We're conditioned to believe that failure is bad, right? Which means we're bad, of course, and we need to work harder to be better. But that's bullshit, right? Because failure is a normal occurrence. I'll say it again. Failure is a normal occurrence. And perfection is fake. I'll say that again. Perfection is fake. My friends, we've got to remember things are going to go wrong. We will fall short of the mark. We'll make epic mistakes all despite working hard and being amazing, not less than, because we're human. Sometimes there are lessons that emerge, reminders may resurface, and in some situations, it's simply validation of what we already knew. And all of this is part of humaning. All of it. And I know you know that. But I got to ask you, are you in the practice of believing it, of believing that just because you mess up doesn't mean you're a failure, doesn't mean you're less than, doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you? Because that's what society would have us believe. And are you actually honoring this knowledge? Yeah, I'm coming in with big, hard questions today. Yes, I need some of your brain cells, friends. (laughs) So I've started compiling my list of uh, failures and lessons learned from 2022. I tried to, I'll be honest, I tried to 
compile the celebrations list from the beginning of the year. So I kind of do it throughout the year. And then I get sidetracked some years or some months. Some months I do it and some months I don't. Um, And this has been really interesting to kind of go back and look at my failures and lessons learned. I've had to go back to written to-do lists. Yes, I have them in my calendar in case you're wondering. (laughs) I can often tell by, you know, going back to projects I completed, it jogs my memory of what went wrong. And friends, I got to be honest, it has been an eye-opening and freeing experience. It is a pretty awesome list of things that did not go according to my plan this year or weren't even in the plan at all. And I'm celebrating them. Well, if I'm honest, I'm celebrating most of them. (laughs) Some failures, lessons, and reminders I'm still at working to make peace with. That's the truth. And I've got to learn to be okay with that. It's not easy, and I'm not okay with some of it, but I've got to learn to be. And I'm really excited because on New Year's Eve, my peeps in the collective, the Holistic Self-Care Collective, the um, ongoing monthly mentorship program, will all be meeting those of us who can make it for our first ever failures and lessons learned celebration. And I can't wait because we're going to come together and we're going to do this thing together. And it's going to just be a really wonderful way to connect. And I encourage you to take time this week and even throughout January, because there's really no specific timeline on this, to reflect and compile your list of celebrations, your failures and the lessons learned. For me, acknowledging them through documentation, I actually write them out with pen and paper, but you can do it any way you like. Saying them out loud, whether that's to yourself or sharing it with somebody else so that we are not feeling shameful and like we need to hide them. And then celebrating or creating awareness of what the situation meant. It's all a part of my effort in deepening the supportive practice I offer in the collective, but also that I engage in myself for mental health. I know it can be really hard to experience failure and to accept your shortcomings without making a dent in your ego and self-esteem. I know that. So please understand that I'm not talking about some pie in the sky type of situation. I'm not. This is real life. And yet I encourage you to acknowledge all of these things, own and celebrate the things that did not go your way. You tried, you reached, you got uncomfortable and shit happened. Let's be real. All of those actions along with your successes in all areas of your life, especially the small things, they need to be celebrated. And if it's hard for you to celebrate the good because you feel like it wasn't enough still, right? The things that fell short are still in your mind. Or maybe you feel guilty for what went right. I encourage you to meet yourself there and give yourself space around it. Maybe get curious as to what the discomfort or judgment is rooted in. And most importantly, reflect with admiration and chuck the judgment out the damn window. Now I know This is all really complicated and emotionally charged for some of you, or maybe certain situations are. And it's so true, it is. But seriously, friend, you've got to give yourself all the credit. You have to. You are a badass. And you're doing the damn thing of life. So, oh, just celebrate it, please. (laughs) And while we're on, we're like riding this vibe of doing the damn thing of life, can we talk about resolutions for a minute? It may be a lot of minutes. (laughs) If I'm being honest, right? But can we please just talk about this? I need to talk about society's obsession with setting resolutions in the name of the dreaded self-improvement. You know the deal. Society's messaging this week, all the weeks leading up to it in December are often filled with 
encouragement to start the new year with a bang, with big health or a goal focus. New year, new you, all of that. It's all over commercials, emails, everything. There's so much emphasis on creating a resolution that will gear you up for finally reaching those goals you have and haven't met yet. And the reason you haven't met them is not for a lack of trying, that's for sure. And I have to be honest, friends, you all need to know that when I pick on society, oftentimes I've got to say, I've said these things. I have subscribed to these things. I have peddled these things to clients in former parts of my life. So please know, I'm not just standing on this soapbox pointing my finger. The point, the finger is getting pointed back to me too. And because I'm learning and unlearning, because of the way my relationship is, is shifting with fitness, wellness, culture, society's you know, messaging, I, I, I need to call this out. So I'll be honest with you. I used to set a resolution every single year. Like clockwork, by March, it was out the window, as is the case for so many people. Why? For one, it's most likely because the goal was unrealistic within the timeline I set, the resources I had access to, and the capacity I had, plain and simple. Plus, it's more nuanced than that. The problem with resolutions is it's a decision to change a behavior that is often rooted, whether we realize it or not, and you may beg to differ, and that's fine. We can have an open conversation about this, but I want you to really think, if you got your backup about this, I want you to think about this. Whether you realize it or not, it's often from a place of feeling not good enough or unworthy and feeling compelled to do something that might make us better and fill that void. Yep, I'm offering that silence to you to have some space around that, right? Resolutions are often rooted in a change of behavior from a place where we are not feeling good enough or are feeling unworthy and feeling compelled to do something to fill a void, fill a hole, to make us better, more desirable to ourselves and to others. Friends, resolutions are rooted in an expectation of yourself that's formed by your ego and attached to guilt, shame, and or obligation. And for that reason, it could last maybe two weeks, maybe two months in most cases at best. It's often from a place of feeling less than. And so when we inevitably fall short of what we said we were going to do, Because life happens and circumstances change, but we feel terrible guilt and deep shame, neither of which are good power that will sustain a slow and steady pace to the finish line or anywhere you want to go to actually be happy. My friend, guilt and shame almost always end up in a crash and burn ending. If there is not a deep need that is fueled by a clear understanding of self, that is powering consistent action, the intensity will quickly fizzle out for sure. I want to share with you that about 10 years ago, I learned about yoga philosophy's uh, sankalpa, which translates to to become one with the subconscious mind. It's a resolve created by our heart's deepest desires that honors who we are right now, imperfectly perfect, and supports us as we create a life we're meant to thrive in and enjoy. It's rooted in intention. It's formed by our intuition, and it's attached to self-love and acceptance. And for that reason, it lasts all year long and for years to come. With a sankalpa, there is a flexibility that's present, which is not with resolutions. 
right? Because with resolutions, we say, I'm going to go to the gym like three day, three times a week for an hour, or I'm going to eat this meal or this quantity of food for lunch and that for dinner. It's very specific, rigid even. And if we stray from that exact action, we are all up in our thoughts and feelings about it and often restrict or punish ourselves further the next time to make up for what was missed. Does that sound familiar to you? For you or someone else you know? Friend, this is no way to live. When it comes to living on Sankalpa, on the other hand, you're listening to the call from deep inside yourself, from your deepest needs and desires. The actions you take are powered by love for yourself and a wanting to feel more in harmony with yourself. It's with an understanding that you cannot control all aspects of life. So when life is lifing and getting in the way, you lean on the tools you have to pivot and adjust, whether that's amending what you said you'd do or omitting it altogether for that day and truly being settled in the decision. It offers space for reflection and contemplation about what's not working and why. That has absolutely nothing to do with your worth and ability to do the action, but rather considers your time, your resources, and capacity and allows for room for adjustment without having to make up anything. It's coming from a place of support, not should. So this week, my friends, And even for the next few months or however long it takes you to become clear, I encourage you, instead of asking yourself, what do you want to do next year, right? What's your goal? Ask yourself, how do I want to feel? How do I want to experience life? The reality is your body's message may stay the same, but the approach and intention behind it will be completely different. And then consider your time, your resources, and capacity in order to make small steps towards the big action you eventually want to do. I'm not, I'm, I, I gotta let you on in on a secret, right? I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. You might en- end up coming up to a lot of resistance as you begin your inquiry, if this is your first time doing this, or even your seventh time. You may come up with a long list of doubts, worries, fears, and clear impossibilities. That's to be expected. So spend time talking through how you'll deal with them. And if you're not sure and how, enlist support, right, from the people who are truly in your corner, who will cheer you on and who will hold you accountable to yourself to help you figure out the challenges. That person could be me too. In the Holistic Self-Care Collective, we've been slowly exploring our Senkapa for 2023 since October. Yeah, we really did. We started with energy planning and inquiring what type of energy we wanted to experience and have present around us. Then in November, we began mindset planning and considering how we'd meet ourselves throughout the journey in terms of how we'd exist, how we'd motivate ourselves, navigate challenges, and and also call on support because that's big. And then in December, we started practice planning and the process of getting clearer on our personal sankapa, our commitment to ourselves, what trusting ourselves looks like. And also the facts versus BS, because we like to tell ourselves a lot of BS, but we also need to be able to discern the facts. It has been a process for sure. And it's been really cool for me to be along the ride with each of my clients' journey because each of theirs is so different. And in case you're having feelings about being behind or anything because you didn't start this already in October, don't worry. There's no fixed timeline on this. You can start at any time and your process can be customized to you. Be compassionate and tender to yourself and definitely come join the collective. Um, because the support is here 
right? Um, we're continuing this conversation into January and really this conversation of Sankalpa is going to inform every decision for the entire upcoming year. So my friends, you haven't missed out on anything and support is here. You just got to grab it. All right, friend, last thought of the day. If you are feeling unsettled by the slow energy of this week or you're loving it and worried about it ending next week when January begins, remember this. This week of slowness is desperately needed and it's okay if it's unnerving for you. On the flip side, if you're loving it and terribly unsettled by the busyness starting up again next week on January 2nd, that's totally normal too. And are you wondering how both of these scenarios could be okay? If you are, that's a great question. The short answer is slowing down is really hard and for some incredibly foreign because we're not encouraged or adequately supported to take advantage of this winter energy since dominant culture has convinced us that slowing down and resting are signs of weakness, laziness, and a lack of commitment. Let me break this down. Society gives us this one week in an entire year where it is quote unquote okay and encouraged to slow down. But do we really? Hello, all the holiday traveling, all the cleaning, preparing and visiting. Plus time spent reflecting on the year. Let's be honest, we've already talked about it. There's usually quite a bit of energy focused on what we didn't do, mistakes we made and failures we experienced, which by the way is not really relaxing. And the mental energy we spent on determining our resolutions, how we're going to make up for the ways we fell short this year and all the self-improvement we're going to slay next year. Talk about the brain working on overdrive and draining our much needed vital stores in all the ways. Then we spend the next 51 weeks disciplining and willpowering ourselves into self-improvement, judging and shaming ourselves for all the ways we're not showing up, but should be, quote unquote, should be, and running ourselves into the ground in the name of success and maybe even desperately trying to fulfill society's standards. And the thing is, my friend, if you're doing the hard work of disrupting systems of oppression in your life and communities, you are standing up to the system in so many important ways. I need you to ask yourself, Are you doing the same for how these systems are showing up in your life, in your pace, in your thoughts, in your emotional labor beyond this one week of slowing down? Because the messaging of dominant culture runs deep within us and old habits die hard. We may be fierce in the way we show up for justice against inequity, but when it comes to the pace of our lives and the messaging of what success and happiness looks like, society's messaging really does have us duped into holding up these systems in ways we may not have realized yet. My friend, winter's invitation to ground and turn inward is a necessary time in the cycle of life. And it's an open invitation for an entire season. That's three months of time. So not just this one week, friends. We get a whole three months that society is not telling us that we have. And the mind fuck is, you know that for growth and productivity, you need periods of dormancy for the initial growth to occur, as well as for with rest to regenerate for your next phase of work. 
But society is not making it accessible beyond this one week a year because next year, next month, or sorry, next week, we're supposed to hit the ground running and keep going no matter what. So my friend, if you're feeling unnerved by this slow week, it's not you. And if you're dreading the pace of your life speeding back up next week, I don't blame you. And if you struggle all winter long, like we were talking about last episode, you're not alone. The reason you struggle in the winter or this time of year is because your body is calling out for what it needs and systems of oppression are actively overriding that need year after year and season after season. And if you're saying, yes, Steph, damn it, this is so true. And are you also wondering how do you move forward to break the cycle with your current limited capacity? I know. I've been asking myself that too. And I finally came clear on the answer. It's time to get clear on how winter affects your natural energy because you all have a natural energy state. And also your current state, where your imbalances are, how you're experiencing life right now, what your needs are and why this is an ongoing pattern. In the last episode, I talked about, you know, winter and society's views and what's really going on, self-care practices for general support and winter energy and how it affects mental health, why it's so hard, why it's probably not what you think because it's not you and it's not what you've been told it is and how self-care can support you when society doesn't. Remember that everyone has a natural energy state that has specific needs to maintain harmony mentally, emotionally, physically, and energetically. This natural energy can be soothed by or aggravated by the energy of the season. And when life is happening and we're not living in tune with our natural needs or actively tending to ourselves, imbalance happens over and over and over again. So my friend, I'm offering you a radical invitation to disrupt the status quo finally and break the damn cycle here, here and now. Join me next Saturday, January 7th for Surviving Capitalism in the Winter, a workshop for 90 minutes where you will walk away with a deeper understanding of yourself and how the nuances of winter affect your mental health, daily self-care practices to support your overall winter mental well-being, asana, pranayama, meditation practices for harmony within yourself, and tools and strategies for coping during challenging moments of anxiety and periods of deep sadness and lethargy and even anger. Because my friend, you are not meant to struggle through or endure winter period. So my dear, this week, rest. Do all the resting things and make your one mission to consider how you're going to break this cycle moving forward. Well, actually, that's your second mission (laughs) because your first one is to grab your spot in next Saturday's Surviving Capitalism in the Winter Workshop. (laughs) Do it by the end of today or the end of the week so that you are all set. You can take it off your to-do list and have support in place from now so you can bask in that amazing feeling that you've got care around the corner at the end of next week. You'll find the link to the event in the show notes, and I hope you'll share the info with your nearest and dearest, my friends. We need to have this conversation. We need to have it. We cannot keep acting like the problem is something that it's not. I would love, love, love to hear your thoughts about this episode, the support that I've provided. So please feel free to reach out and share what's resonating. Argue with me if you want to, right? Because 
this is an open forum <laughs> to have these conversations because my dears, whew, we've got a lot of disrupting and dismantling to do and it starts from here. So until next time, my friend, please be kind and gentle to yourself just as you would those who are most precious to you, whether that's a human, an animal baby, or a plant. Take good care and stay connected. I'm so grateful for you. And remember, you are a badass and you are enough. Be well. Humaning is a production of Steph Galante Self-Care, LLC. The show is produced by me, Steph Galante. You can find blog posts of some of the episodes on the episode page at stephgalante.com slash podcast, along with the transcript of today's episode and any other resources I shared today. If you're ready to create more aligned practices for yourself, head to stephgalante.com to learn more about creating a personalized self-care plan within the Holistic Self-Care Collective and coaching with me. You are a badass and you are enough. See you next time. Be well.